a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And we're going to go right to the phone line because we've got independent pollster Scott Rasmussen on the line. Uh, Scott, how you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, Boyd. Yesterday, I think I made the best prediction of my entire career. I was on uh, uh, Fox Nation. We were talking about what to expect in the Iowa caucuses. And one of the other panelists said that all she was hoping for was some clarity about the state of the race. And I said, you were going to be disappointed. And I had no idea how much lack of clarity we would have concerning what was Yeah, absolutely. Definitely more chaos than clarity coming out of, out of Iowa. And uh, so I want to talk to you about a couple of those components. Uh, and, and I want to start... Uh, by looking at the polling component to it, because again, I think whether it's the the process and the app going down uh, or polling going in, going in, a lot of people are losing their trust, their confidence in the process. You actually had the uh, uh, poll coming out of uh, Des Moines uh, just a few days before uh, the caucuses the, that they actually polled because they weren't confident uh, that the, that the data was correct. So, what what does this tell us about the state of our politics today? Well, you know, first off, I want to give the Des Moines Register credit for for not releasing a yes. survey. A question was raised about, you know, did they make a mistake? Did they leave one of the candidates off in at least one of the interviews? And the proper thing to do in that case was, despite the expense, despite everything else that was done, pull the survey uh, because it would just be embarrassing to do anything else. But yes, I, th- I think there's uh, there was a lot of skepticism uh, about our election process. A lot of people doubt that things will be counted correctly, and so now you have a poll that is that supposedly everybody was excited about because it was going to be the the final shaping of the race, and it gets pulled. And then you have the Democratic party itself unable to tell you who won, and then you have candidates each spinning their own internal numbers, um, and it just seems like chaos. And, you know, this is one of the reasons that, uh, you know, that sometimes we just get way too wrapped up in the details, uh, because bluntly, uh, imagine what the world would be like if we didn't expect results instantly from elections. What if, you know, we gave them time to count overnight? Nobody be disappointed, and we'd move on. But that's not the way our game works. That's right. It, it's all about expectations, and uh, and you should know, Scott, right. that I I did come on air earlier this morning and declare that I actually had won Iowa, and nobody could dispute it at this point in the program. <laughs> well. You know, and I, I think he did pretty well in the Salt Lake uh, caucus gathering. I, yes. I think that was something else, you know, and, and, and again, in fairness, the Democratic Party was trying to make the event more inclusive. That's right. But yesterday, 
we saw videos of people in Florida taking part in the Iowa caucuses. Now, they were Iowa voters, but it just, it somehow doesn't seem like this is, it, it just intuitively doesn't seem right. Um, and look, the caucus system itself is very confusing, even when it works smoothly. A lot of people very uncomfortable with it. Um, and I would expect that what we're going to see going forward is a lot of questions from all of the campaigns about the process. Uh, before New Hampshire, Joe Biden is going to be saying, well, you know, whatever, whoever they say won in Iowa doesn't really matter because we can't trust the results. And Sanders and Mayor Pete will continue to claim victory in whatever way they can. Um, but let's get, again, a little sense of perspective. In Iowa, less than 1% of all the delegates to the national convention are being selected, so it's not going to have a big impact on the final outcome. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so let's let's just take uh, 60 seconds real quick because I want to shift topics on you. Uh, but just to, to wrap this up, as, as you look at that uh, next phase going forward, as you mentioned, this is such a small number, 41 delegates uh, out of the 1,990-plus you've got to get to win the nomination uh, what what do you see happening, not just in New Hampshire, but what happens over the next few weeks uh, leading into Super Tuesday, where you'll also have uh, uh, Mayor Bloomberg, who spent millions of dollars in the uh, Super Tuesday states? What's, what's the dynamic going to be? What's the conversation going to be for the next few weeks? Well, the, the immediate conversation is going to be, did Joe Biden's campaign collapse upon first contact with voters? <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, unpredicted, one of the uh, uh, prediction betting websites that's out there, Mayor Bloomberg this morning surpassed Joe Biden in terms of uh, being the second most likely to get the nomination. Wow. Uh, the thinking being, if Bernie Sanders looks like he's barreling through Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada, does better than expected in South Carolina, uh, a lot of Democrats will be looking for something else. And Michael Bloomberg has spent a lot of money in those Super Tuesday states. It could set up a really divisive situation. Uh, Boyd, I've been telling people for the last few weeks that there's two aspects to the Democratic nomination process. The most important thing, obviously, is who wins the nomination, but the second is how they win it. Um, and if there's divisiveness through the process, which there appears to be at the moment, if that continues, very good news for Donald Trump, very bad news for the Democrats. Wow. Fascinating. Fascinating. All right. I want to shift gears on you now. If you're just joining us, we have Scott Rasmussen, independent pollster on the line with us, uh, also a partner uh, with the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics doing monthly polls and analysis for us here. Uh, and so, Scott, I want to uh, shift to uh, you, you made a, an amazing connection. I didn't know that this bridge could ever be built uh, between the auto industry and the wisdom of James Madison. Tell us about that. Well, James Madison, the father of the Constitution, you know, really believed in checks and balances. And he thought that the way you dealt with problems like special interest groups is you have lots of them. And the reason he wanted lots of special interest groups is because he figured they would never be able to form a permanent alliance to uh, tyrannize the rest of us. You know, that sometimes they'll agree, sometimes they'll disagree. Uh, there was a, a fairly complicated situation involving emissions rules that the uh, Obama administration established back in 2012. 2012. Uh, the plans called for a review in 2018 to see if circumstances had changed. And then a surprising thing happened. Donald Trump won the presidential election in 2016, and the Obama administration 
pretty arbitrarily said, we're not going to wait till 2018. We're going to set the final rules before Donald Trump gets into office. So the auto companies were caught off guard by this, and they were united. Eighteen auto companies wrote to the Trump administration, said this is ridiculous, it's not fair. Um, let's, let's go back to the 2018 plan, because that's something that we had all expected and been working with. The Trump administration agreed, and it seemed like the auto industry had won a victory over the EPA rules, or at least the rulemaking process. But then, last year, the Trump administration came out with some rules that conflicted with the laws in the state of California. The auto industry remained united for a moment, begging the two sides to, fly, to find an agreement, split the difference, come up with a compromise. But they couldn't. The Trump administration and California are not exactly close, as you know. So they each stuck to their guns <laughs> and would not, uh, would not come to a compromise solution. At that point, the auto industry divided. Uh, several of them said, we're going to go work with California and play by their rules. Others said, we're going to go with the Trump administration, work with their rules. And internal polling showed that every single one of them had some brand uh, reputational impacts from their decisions. Every one of them lost a little bit of support. Uh, so the point here is that for a little while, the auto industry was united, uh, as a lot of people would expect in a populist era. Right. But when circumstances changed, they went and began fighting against each other. And that was what James Madison expected would happen. Oh, fascinating stuff, as always. Uh, Scott Rasmussen, independent pollster and uh, tag team partner for uh, Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics. We'll have more polling coming up uh, during the month of February, so stay tuned for all of that. You can read Scott's article on uh, Deseret.com. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us. And just so you can uh, exhale going out, uh, CNN has put up a shot clock three hours and 32 minutes until Iowa releases half of the results <laughs> from yesterday's caucus. <laughs> is, this, is this any way to run a campaign? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Scott. We'll have you back in real soon. Scott Rasmussen joining us. Appreciate his pollster insight. As always, we'll go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to get back into the impeachment process. One of the greatest speeches delivered over the last few weeks on the floor of the United States Senate. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Yeah. 